Totes Talks podcast. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. And I hope that these first few weeks of 2020 have really started off the way you wanted. Um, for me, I had a few deadlines, including um, one that really took up a lot of my time that ended on Monday. And prior to that, I didn't feel like I could really get into the new year and get to doing my things the way I should. Um, I'm not sure if I'm the only one, but for me, if there's a pressing task that I have to do, either it's studying or something that I've been putting off, when I don't do that thing, I can't really focus on doing the other things that I need to do, which is kind of counterproductive because I guess I'd be better off studying and getting my studying out of the way first thing in the morning instead of procrastinating on it. And then while procrastinating, also kind of avoiding the other things I'd like to do and want to do because of the guilt that I'm not doing the thing that's most important for me to do. But you know, we live and we learn <laughs> and we make mistakes and we do things that are sometimes unfavorable, but hopefully with wisdom and maturity, you guys and myself will make better decisions in the future. Um, this week, as I told you guys last week, I've been kind of really making time to see the people who I want to see and hang out with the people who I want to hang out with. And one of the priorities I have for this year as well is to really take the opportunity to meet with people and have business meetings. As someone who doesn't really like leaving my house unless it's necessary and who also really enjoys her comfort zone, sometimes setting up meetings with people to discuss necessary and important and progressive things is something that I kind of avoid doing but with where I want to go and what I want to accomplish I feel that it's extremely necessary and I had a business meeting yesterday and what I found is that we are very blessed and when I say we I say most most of us as people who are surrounded by friends and family and I find that a lot of times we often look externally to find the connections and the opportunities. But if you were to just look at the people around you, you'd be pleasantly shocked and surprised to find out or discover the fact that many of them have the traits that you're looking for and they have the abilities and the connections that you need. And what I found with this is that the thing you need to do the most is just ask we sit here and we have all these people around us and we don't ask questions. We don't ask what they're talented in. We don't ask the connections that they have, maybe because we don't want to seem like a bother or maybe because we just assume that what we see on the surface is all that they have to offer. But I'm telling you guys, you will be pleasantly surprised if you shoot your shot and you ask the right questions. For me, that's that was the name of the game for almost all of 2019. I was just shooting my shots, taking my risks. And this year I'm asking questions. If I have an idea in my head and I think someone might be interested, I'm asking. At the most, someone can say no and you'll be exactly where you were. And if it works out in your favor, you can just open up so many doors that you didn't even know existed and you didn't even know were so easy to enter. We're sometimes here looking at these steel gates and trying to find a way to get through when 
the doors that are open to us are even more beneficial on the other side and easier to access than these idealistic doors and these people who are we've put on a pedestal i think it's time that we put the people who are closest to us and around us on a pedestal because trust me they have so much to offer and are so much more beneficial and useful than sometimes we give them credit for um besides that i hope you guys had a chance to meditate on the words to live by for last week which were people have more than me people have less than me but people aren't me and this is as i said last week the you factor and it's the reason why there are a hundred brands of water in the in the grocery store a hundred brands of plain sliced white bread it's because there's a you factor involved and when you're creating a product or a service, and even if you're not creating a product or a service, if you're applying to jobs and they say that a thousand people are applying and you all may have the same thing on your resume, that you factor is what sets you apart from other people and what can give you that leg up and that edge. Because if everyone's gone to school, gotten the same degree, has the same five years, minimum five years of experience required for the job what will make you stand out and what makes us stand out is the fact that we are all unique in our own ways and we bring things to the table that can't be quantified on paper and cannot be achieved by sitting in a classroom for four or five years listening and passing exams and this is what this is one thing that I feel I need to work on with regards to my businesses and maybe you guys also need to work on and it's that you need to put yourself out there you need to let people know who you are because that can be that competitive edge that you've been needing all along whereas you think that what you need is to write more produce more post more apply for more jobs get more certifications sometimes it's just People need to see you and connect you with your work and them seeing you and connecting you with your work will be enough for them to like your personality enough to patronize or even pay attention to what it is you're doing. I'm speaking to myself about this because I'm not good at social media and there is a balance and a, and a way that you can do it that does not become obnoxious or spammy or annoying to the people around you, but I feel that it's necessary and important for us to find where what we have on paper versus what we have on um, in our personalities can intersect and offer us the best results possible. So yeah, I really hope that you guys look at that and it helps you not become discouraged when things aren't really going your way because I truly feel that what's mine is mine and no one can take it from me and sometimes what's mine it's taking me a it takes me a little longer to get it and because of that i start to look at the things around me and the people around me who are getting what's theirs and it kind of makes us feel like we're falling behind but in truth i feel that we'll get what is ours and at that point we'll understand exactly why it took the time it did it took the process it did and it took the path that it did So I'm just going to get right into our talk for this week. And this week I'm going to be talking about healing. So um, as I discussed in episode 37, which was the last episode of the year about post-traumatic growth, 
last year was a hectic year for me and a very triumphant year. And one of the things I discussed was the passing of my dad. And tomorrow, January 16th, 16th actually marks one year since he passed. And in approaching this one year mark, I've really been reflecting on the past year, how fast it went, the processes I went through and and the healing that has occurred in this past year. And of all the things that have happened to me this year, I think that going through the healing process and making it to the other side-ish <laughs> has been one of the reasons why I was able to overcome and accomplish at the level that I was able to accomplish at that. And of course, God, because I'm not special. And I feel that even being able to heal in the ways that I did and coming to understand what was important for me in healing and reconciling the feelings that I had was an act of God, because lots of people do not heal in the way that I healed or as fast or are not able to simultaneously heal and work and develop new things. So I'm not going to sit here and just act like I was supernatural or extra special in any way. I was just favored. And I also decided that I was going to do the work required of me to heal in the way that I felt was comfortable and that I was able to. So in wanting to talk about healing, I was contemplating the different ways that I could possibly go about this and the type of information that I could share with you guys that would be beneficial. And one thing that I noticed is that the steps to healing from loss and trauma are all over the internet. So I didn't want to necessarily bring you guys a 12-step, five-step program to healing because first of all, I don't feel like one size fits all is ever really the case with most things and especially not healing from trauma and loss and also because I feel that sometimes it's important to seek professional help and yes I studied an undergrad in psychology but by no means am I a psychologist a therapist or a professional that I believe is equipped with the tools necessary to give you guys sound advice on that the only place that I can give you advice from is from a place of what I did and what the people around me did. So I just kind of wanted to deviate from giving you guys a step-by-step program. And instead, I want to talk about the unexpected and important parts of healing, which, which are five things that I noticed on this healing journey and that I've also noticed from my friends and family also going through their personal healing journeys and how these things have arrived and why they are worth talking about. And yeah, so I'm going to give you five of those. Three of them are going to be important parts of healing and two of them are going to be unexpected parts of healing. The first one is an important part of healing and that is to take your time. Um, This I'd say was probably the most difficult but the most imperative part or was the most difficult and is one of the most important parts of understanding how to heal. And it's the fact that it's important not to compare your healing with others around you. So, and one thing that is important to note is that this is not just you take longer to heal, but it can also be that you heal faster than others. So 
the reason why it's important to take your time is because each of us are created in our own unique way and what is required for us to heal is different. So some people are able to reconcile some things in their mind and move on quickly, whereas other people are not able to reconcile some things as quickly and move through the through the stages or move through the process of healing and get to the place where they're okay at the same rate. And why it's important to remember that it that you should take your time is because especially when you're dealing with if you're dealing with something like heartbreak, for example, where it's it's just you and one person, if if you're like excommunicado with that person and you don't see what they're doing, you might not it, it might be easier for you to take your time and go through the process because you have nothing to compare it to. But in a situation such as like the death of a family member or another type of traumatic loss that involves multiple people, you get to see firsthand how each and every one of these people or many of these people are going through their healing process. And in seeing how they're healing, there come there can be situations and instances where you feel that you're not healing properly because you're not at the place they are or you're not healing properly because you've already healed and they're still going through it and with this can come feelings of guilt or or pressure because if you're somebody who is able to go I'm not even going to say who's stronger because strength is not a matter of this it's just each of us have our own disposition and what what we need to get to a place of healing is just different so a person who takes a year to heal from a loss and a person who takes six months to heal from a loss, the person who takes six months is not in any way, shape or form stronger. It's just, that's how you operate and you were able to get there. And that's why it's important because you don't want to be, let's say you're the person who heals from a situation faster than the people around you. And you see that they're really still going through it and they're feeling the pains and going through the motions. That's not a time for you to now feel guilty and say, have I really healed? Because if everyone around me hasn't healed, is is there something wrong with me? Did I not love the person as much? Did I not care about the situation as much? Because that's not the case. We're just each on our own journey and we feel the way we do. And if you happen to be the person who's hurting and going through it the longest and everybody seems to have moved on that's not a place for you to now feel like you have to rush yourself or pretend that you're somewhere you're not just so that you don't become maybe a burden or liability liability to everyone around you because they're trying to move on or they have moved on with your life and you feel like you're holding them back our healing journeys and our processes are uniquely ours and understanding this will make it so that you're able to go through your authentic process in whatever way it is without shadowing it or distorting it based on what you see the people around you doing. The second, which is an unexpected part, or at least it was for me with healing, is that there are stages to healing. <laughs> like This might sound stupid and ridiculous but i'll i'll break it down and i'll make you guys understand why this was unexpected for me for me i thought that healing was you get there you get there and for me healing especially for this year had a lot to do with forgiving those who i felt had offended me and also no longer being sad about 
the situations that I was in. So yes, if I could, if I thought about it on occasion, I might still get sad, but sadness wasn't me. You know, sometimes when you go through something and that trauma is still fresh, there's those days where you just don't get out of bed. Those days where you're just extremely sad and hurt. And I thought that when I had, for me, when I had gotten over the forgiveness stage and I had gotten over the sadness stage, I had thought that I was healed. And what happened that really triggered it was that I have a friend who I was speaking to about the situations that had happened in 2019. And this was while we were, this was probably, I'd say around sometime in the summer. So June. Um, and I was speaking to her about what had happened to me. And when I started speaking to her and breaking down the situations that I had been with, I realized that I was enraged. (laughs) And when I think about healing, and the stages of healing, I didn't think that rage was one of mine. Well, one of my situations. And when I started talking to her and bringing up these situations and what I had been through, and I realized that I was, my blood pressure was rising and I was physically getting angry and agitated. And it blew my mind because you won't even know that certain stages exist in your healing process until they're activated. And the moment I spoke with my friend and I realized that I was getting angry was when I realized that anger was one of the stages that I needed to overcome in my healing process. And just being the, um, being the way that I am in that I'm very self-aware and I like to really process once her and I were in our, in my car talking for probably about two hours. And once I dropped her home and I was driving home, I started to really think, and I'm like, Tokes, you're, you're pissed. (laughs) Like you didn't even realize that this was a thing. You thought you were over and you thought you were good, but now you realize that you're pissed. So now what are you going to do? So at that point I had to really go back into the healing process and realize that I need to now get over the anger and the rage that I have towards these people or these situations that I was going through. So I think an unexpected thing is that when you're going through it and you think you're on the other side, there may just be that one person or that situation that will activate you into realizing that maybe there is another stage that you haven't, haven't, um, worked through. And because it's not a common stage, like sadness is sadness. You wake up in the morning, you think about something and you cry. You forgiveness is you knowing and letting go of the pain or the trauma that you felt in your heart. So those are things that go on day to day, but there might be certain situations that will never happen regularly until they're activated. And it can really throw you back because you'll be like, I thought I was better than this. I thought I had moved on and here I am eyes red, fists clenched. Like, when did we get here? But I think that's why it's important to just know that there are many stages and some may be activated at different times, may be activated a long time down the line, but they're still part of it. And it's still necessary at that point to address the new feelings that you didn't even think would be a part of your healing process. The third important part is that you shouldn't feel guilty for doing what's best for you. And for me, I think that this is, 
or this was one of the most difficult aspects of my healing process for last year, especially when you're that person who is usually strong or someone who has a lot of people who depend on you because maybe because you're not super expressive with your emotions at um when dealing with a loss like a a loss of a family member and there's a lot of people around and everybody is grieving and you are it's important to remember that you are also entitled to grieve and that it's okay to feel what you feel it's okay to not be there to save everyone and it's okay to not be a, a hero and this is something that can really take a long time to reconcile because if you're if you're that person who is the go-to or the person who can usually maintain composure and be strong and in a situation where everybody needs you you're not able to do that the trauma can now the trauma and the pain can now be coupled with a feeling of guilt which will now just burden you way more than you need to so there are times where people will need you but it's also important to understand that you need yourself. So if you're going through the healing process and maybe your house or or the place where everybody is is too overwhelming for you and you need space to yourself, it's absolutely okay to take a time out. It's absolutely okay to wake up in the morning, take the car, take an Uber, hop on a bus and just drive away and not come home till the evening because that's what you need for your healing. And yes, there will be people there will be the thoughts of the fact that somebody else is sad and maybe you can console them. But I find that it's easier to pour out of a cup that overflows than out of an empty cup. Because even if you are able to muster up the point one that's left in you to give it to somebody, the energy and the the way that you'll be able to help them will be nothing compared to what you'd be able to give them if you were to give yourself a chance to refill your cup and give yourself what you need. So don't always, don't be a hero, especially in the healing process. If there's a day that you need a selfish day, take it unapologetically because you just like the people you care for are entitled to healing and peace and finding what you need in order or getting what you need in order to come out on the other side healthy and healing in all senses in almost all definitions I found just came back to you being healthy so if you break your leg and you heal when you end up healing your leg is back at a healthier state than it was during the pain and this is the same thing for your mental health so when you're healing from a situation you're trying to get back to a healthier state of mind physically, mentally, emotionally, in all ways possible. The fourth and unexpected part is that that I found with healing is that sometimes you think you're healed, then it's tested. <laughs> um, this is actually something that a friend of mine um, brought up to me when I was telling him about the situations I had been through. And I was telling him like, I'm good, I'm good. And he's like, are you sure you're good? Because it hasn't been tested. So how can you know you're good? And this is, and this is something that I hadn't even thought about. And it kind of goes back to the whole, their stages because yes, you can be healed. You can go through all the healing stages. You can, you can forgive. You can think you're at a better place. And then you you're faced with the actual practical manifestation of what you've been working 
to heal. And in that moment, you you end up being weaker than you had thought you would be. So it's pretty much the hypothetical versus the practical because a lot of healing is internal surgery. It's you coming to terms with certain situations, making decisions and hoping that you can act on those decisions when game day comes. But then here comes game day where that person who you had thought you had forgiven is actually in your face live and in living color and you realize that no I haven't forgiven the the pain and the situations that you thought you had reconciled and the situations that you thought no longer affected you now being faced with them are affecting you the same way they had before you started your healing process and I think that not every situation where we're in the process of healing will come will have the opportunity for us to test it but i think it's important to keep in mind that the practicality of all of your hard work and all of the hypotheticals that you've been creating is a real situation that can throw a wrench in things so and i think that when you aren't naive to the fact that your situations haven't been tested, it can actually better prepare you for you being tested and ultimately passing the tests of what your healing claims to have done for you. And for me, this is more, this is hypothetical. So I, I'll be in my mind, I'll be, I'll create the scenario of what if I'm at the mall and I bump into this person? Or what if, what if I'm in the presence of somebody and they say something with regards to something that I'm still dealing with how would I handle it and because of the fact that we never know these tests of our our healing are usually pop quizzes for the most part um I think it's important to prepare ourselves mentally for the type of scenarios that can happen so that in the event that they do happen we're not caught off guard and we're not blindsided to a point where we react in a way that's completely opposite to all the work we've put in, kind of making us feel like we haven't put in it, put in any work at all. The fifth and final important part of healing is that if you keep in the pain, it will come out. And as someone who is, or who was for the most part, more, less expressive, but still emotional, I was captain of the, I ain't going to talk about this and hopefully someday it's going to go away society. But what I found is that things do not go away. And the more that you pile them on and don't express them, they're going to, there's going to be a break somewhere and it's going to explode. And when things explode, it's, it's even worse because you don't have the strength or the ability to control the flow of your tears, the flow of your rage, the flow of your anger, the flow of just the abundance of emotions that you've been keeping in on the inside of you. And what I find with this is that it's important to find your people and your outlets. And when I say your people, these are the people who you feel comfortable speaking to about whatever situation it is. And what I found is that your people are not always the same for all situations you're going through. Certain situations, you might feel more comfortable talking to a professional. Some situations, you might feel more comfortable talking to your family members, some your friends, some specific friends, and your outlets are in the same way. Like If I'm having 
an off day. There are certain things that I know if I do or if I watch, they'll really just bring me back to a place of happiness and a place of emotional balance. And it's important to find, not only find, but also utilize these people and these outlets because it's one thing to know that you have a friend who's always going to be there for you, but when you need them, but it's another thing for you to actually go to them and utilize them when you actually need them. Because yes, we can be surrounded by a bunch of helpers, but it's not until the moment that we ask for help that we're actually taking advantage of all of these resources that are around us. And part of that is being okay with feeling the feelings. Feelings suck sometimes, trust me. Vulnerability is not one of my strong suits at all. So being able to discuss things that can maybe lead to tears in the middle of the discussion is one of one of those things that I try my best to avoid doing. But because of the fact that avoiding in this type of way can be very detrimental and avoiding in this type of way doesn't change the fact that these emotions will someday burst out of you, it, it becomes important to find those safe spaces where you can actually be vulnerable. The people who you feel comfortable crying around, who you feel comfortable venting around, who you feel comfortable saying some sketchy things around, who won't, who will understand the fact that you don't mean what you're saying. This is just the heat of the moment and who won't turn you letting your emotions out into a lecture on responsibility. Like, cause you don't need that. Sometimes we'll be talking and my, as I told you guys about my petty bone, my petty bone will just be out. And I know the people who I can talk to and say some wild stuff in the heat of my emotions who will just laugh it off because they know that that's not who I am and that this is not going to go any further. It's just the outlet that I need. And I'm telling you guys that this is very important because if for me as someone who I said I hold a lot of stuff in, especially last year, I went through many random emotional breakdowns in the middle of nowhere, in the car driving, on the phone with a customer service agent, literally because I had been holding in things so much that you don't even realize what will be the boiling over point. The boiling, and you'd swear that the boiling over point would be dramatic, but it's it's literally the um, the straw that breaks the camel's back. It'll be a conversation with someone where they'll say something that's seemingly irrelevant, but because of the fact that you've over exhausted your emotions and that you're at the brink, that one thing will be the necessary trigger for, for Niagara Falls to come out of you. And I, I feel that it's worse for you to have meltdowns because those come anywhere. They come at work, they come in the car, they come in front of, in front of someone who you like, who doesn't even know what's going on in your life. I feel like it's better to keep on top of your emotions and express them when necessary because then at least you can control the flow of how these things come to pass and you can control and make sure that you're in a safe space around people who love and trust you and who you love and who who you trust when you end up in these situations. So those are my five unexpected and important parts of healing. I really hope that they help you and I hope that they give you perspective because healing happens in so many ways and the need for healing happens for so many reasons. So understanding the ways that 
and the parts and the multidimensionality of healing can sometimes make it easier for you to go through whatever process you have to go through to get to the level of healing that you require to get to. The words to live by for this week in line with this whole conversation are a setback on my journey doesn't mean I'm off track. And I'd say this is the other important aspect, important aspect of healing because the path to anything and uh, including healing is usually ups and downs. And I feel that with healing, especially when you think that you're healed and you come across a situation that makes you realize that there's another stage to healing, or you think that you're over the crying phase and then one day you wake up and you just bawl your eyes out, those type of emotional setbacks can really have us feeling that maybe we aren't where we think we are. But I'm here to tell you guys, and hopefully you agree that this is not necessarily the case because ups and downs are just a part of life. And just because you you thought that you were past a really low down and one day that that same situation happens to happen, that doesn't mean that you're back at stage one. It might it you could still be at stage five, but this is just a low day on the process. And I feel that it's important for us to remember that just because we do have a setback doesn't mean that we're off track setbacks and ups and downs are just a part of life and a part of the journey. So it might just be a slight detour on your emotional balance, but there's no reason for you to not continue on the journey or for you to take it so hard on yourself to to think that you failed or that you haven't even accomplished at the level that you want to accomplish. So I really hope that this helps you guys with your healing and I hope that it brings you guys some comfort to know that the situations you're in are not unique to you. These things do happen to everybody. The problem just is that everybody doesn't talk about it. So that's what I want to do here. I want to talk to you guys about things that maybe people don't want to talk about, are taboo, are uncomfortable. And hopefully in talking about it and discussing it with you guys, I'll be able to help you guys and we'll all be able to become our best selves together. Thank you guys so, so, so much for listening. Have an amazing day.